Hi everybody, this is Marlene with Miami Ghost Chronicles. How are you doing today? And today I have a guest that, well, she's uh, she's part of a group, okay? They're called Hunters of the Unknown, okay? And uh, they're based out of the Chicago, Southwest Chicago suburbs. And they are what's called a paranormal travel adventure group. And they investigate historical mysteries, legends, unusual places, cryptids, such as Bigfoot, UFO sightings, and hauntings. And who I have with me is uh, Cindy Voivoda, who is the team founder. Um, and uh, she's a registered nurse by day. I love this because this is like the practical by day and then the paranormal or the unusual uh, off time. But anyway, uh, like she says, nurse by day and paranormal investigator by night. Uh, and like, you know, one of the things that I like about this is that they are not limited just to one part of the paranormal. They, if it's mysterious and unusual and falls into what's called the paranormal, they're going to go out there and investigate it, which I think I love that. So how are you doing today, Cindy? Hi, I'm doing good. How Fan about you? Fantastic. Great. It's uh, thank you Great. so much for coming on to the show. Um, and like I told you, one of the things I was asking my guests at the beginning is, uh, what happened? Did you have an encounter or any any unusual event as a child or as an adult that got you interested in the paranormal? Um, no, I would say I don't have the typical story. A lot of people grow up in haunted houses or have some sort of thing happen to them that gets them into it. Um, right. I've really always been interested in the paranormal. Okay. Um, I remember I did a term paper on the Bermuda Triangle in high school. It's always been an interest of mine. Okay. Um, what kind of got us into uh, starting a group was okay. um, my son likes uh, likes um, ghost hunting and all of that. Um, he was probably about 14, I'd say, at the time, um, kind of young. We would always watch Paranormal State together. Um, he was really into it. And a lot of these places, you can't, you can't take children, basically. Right. And, and uh, another aspect he had, he was having night terrors when he really? was young, which, um, it, which I don't know if you, you know, know what a night terror is. Yes, I do know what night terrors is. I haven't experienced it personally, but I know uh, that it's, yeah. It's very scary because it, mm -hmm. it's not a nightmare. Yes. Um, when he was young, he would, he would wake up screaming, screaming bloody murder at the top of his lungs. Wow. Um, it, like somebody was killing him is really what it what it seemed like. Uh, you couldn't wake him up. Um, he wow. was still sleeping when all mm -hmm. of this happened. Um, it, you know, it would go on for for a few minutes or whatever, and then he would go back to sleep, and he would not remember any of it. Wow. Um, somebody told me that he would eventually grow out of it, which thank goodness he did. He did. He doesn't have right. him any longer. But it's got to be really nerve. As a parent, it's got to be so nerve wracking. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, because the first time it happened, I called an ambulance. I had no idea what was happening. You yeah, know, I thought he's like, having a seizure or something. Yeah, uh, you know, it's, it's very traumatic and very mm -hmm. scary because there, there's nothing you can do. Exactly. Nothing. You can't wake them up. Um, nothing. You just kind of got to let it play out. Exactly. You know, and, you know, that kind of, you know, got us to thinking, you know, what is this? And... Um, Around that time, too, I went and interviewed with another group, you know, okay. to be their group. Both me and my husband did. And I think okay. they were just looking for one person. So they didn't choose us. Okay. But I thought, 
well, I can do this myself. <laughs> exactly. You know, yes. why not? I'll just do it myself. And that's kind of when Ghost Hunters was on TV. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you could see, you know, people actually do this. Exactly. And, and so that's how we started with me, my husband, and my son, who, who was young at the time. But he would go on investigations with us. A lot of places would let him come if both his parents were there. Right. And um, come to today, he's 19 now. He's still part of the group, and our group has expanded to seven people. That is fantastic. And you know what? Personally, I think that must be so neat as a kid. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there's kids out going, man, I wish my parents would take up ghost well, hunting. it's funny. Uh, he, he, I have twins. So oh, I have my God. Okay. Also, my son's totally into it. My daughter wants nothing to do with it. Isn't that so funny? I've got, I've got both sides of the coin there. <laughs> Isn't that, my God, that is... That I is... mean, she's afraid to tell her friends what really? we do because she's, you know, afraid what they're going to say. It's like, oh, you. she's either going to have the, you have cool parents or you're, what? Right. <laughs> you have crazy parents. One of the two. And yes. you know what? When you're that age, you get really, really sensitive <laughs> about stuff like that. Really sensitive. Yeah. Because and we've thinking... been doing this for so long now. It's kind of a part of our lives. Yeah. And that's usually... That's usually what happens. People don't realize that. Um, and, and, and I've talked about this on, on some of the shows, and I'm sure you'll know. You know, when you really get into it, you realize that, yeah, every once in a while you have investigations that are exciting. And, you know, in the sense that you things happen. But there's other times that you go to some places and it, it's kind of dull. <laughs> you know, things sometimes, it's not what you see in all the reality yeah. shows where you see yeah. things happening constantly. And that's constantly. why I wanted our group to be different than other groups in that we investigate anything, anything strange, paranormal. And we also throw in the the travel and adventure part of it too. So we do do a lot of traveling. And my favorite investigations are the ones that it's an adventure to get to the location. Isn't that great? I think that's fantastic because- It's really fun. Well, you know what? And if you think about it, it's it's almost like, you know, and, and, and believe it or not, you know what they call today nowadays legend tripping, where there's a lot of people that, I mean, they don't belong to a paranormal group, but they plan their vacations around this. And I've always done that, even before our group. Yeah, yeah, you know, I just didn't myself. realize what it was, I guess. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You don't, you don't, you did, you know, and I know exactly what you mean, where it's like, uh, well, you know, so we're going to stay at a hotel. We'll go check out and see if it's got a reputation for being haunted, that kind of deal. Oh, right, right. Or I totally would look for a haunted hotel in the location we're staying, you know, specifically so we can stay there. Yeah. You know, we yes. took a vacation once to Roswell, New Mexico, so oh we could go God. to the How was that? festival there. Oh, it was it was great. The UFO festival is pretty cool. Yeah, I've heard that. Uh, yeah, I think they even have. Uh, I mean, it's because for so many years, it was a little bit on the low key side. But it's taken off as far as I think the town. Certainly has. I'd love to go back. It's been a long time since we've been there. Yeah, it's it's like uh, now uh, it's become the uh, like you said, like the place to 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 go. In other words, you know, like if you're going to go, might as well uh, because it's before and I hate to say it but a lot of people don't realize once upon a time when people would say they're going to go to one of these UFO or pant you got you'd kind of would get a look like you're going to go where yeah. are you going what are you going to do really you know and it's like yeah really well, it's acceptable now but 
Depends who you talk to, I guess. Yeah, I know. Now it's more mainstream. And I think a lot of people are coming around to the idea that uh, it's fun. And so mm-hmm. once you started doing, whether it's investigations or visiting them, what happened? Did you ever have any experience that you could say, wow, I cannot account for that. I, I, I go through my checklist of what could it possibly be. Yeah, I think I've had a lot of different experiences. Um, one of the most significant ones, I would say, is we were investigating at Thornhaven Manor, which is an old mansion in Indiana. Okay. Um, there was four of us, me, my husband's son, and an- another investigator. We were sitting at the bottom of the staircase and we, uh, you know, we're doing an EVP session asking, right. oh, I can see you yes. now. I know. I've been working on that behind the scenes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So um, anyway, go ahead. You were saying that. Yeah, so, so we were doing an EVP session, you know, asking questions. Um, first, we heard a woman's voice wow. um, with our own ears, a disembodied voice, a woman's voice say help. And then uh, we had a flashlight setting on the staircase. It came on, and we could see this mist form in front of our eyes. And we're all like, what is that? And we even had a camcorder on us. Really? Uh, The camcorder did not record the mist. It only recorded us freaking out, you know, like, (laughs) what is this? Um, And and that was pretty significant. Um, And it also was interesting that the flashlight came on because had it not, we would not have seen anything. We would have been sitting in the dark like most people do yes. investing. So I think having a light on, you know, is kind of a good thing because you, you probably miss things sitting in the dark. Oh, of course. Of course. I mean, there's a, I mean, and that's the thing that sometimes people don't realize when you're doing, you know, work, you know, in this field that some things sometimes are really subtle in the sense it's not necessarily in your face or allowed. It, sometimes and it can be right. disturbing, especially depending on what it is. But it can be really, I mean, and if you're not paying attention, right. that's why you see a lot of people say, oh, well, when I got home and I looked at the picture or I looked at the video or I did this, right, that's when I saw it. And yeah, sometimes you couldn't even if you were paying attention. But a lot of times it's just it escapes people because. Yeah, you can easily miss stuff. Oh, yeah. I mean, this mist was just, that's what it was, just a mist. Well, and uh, another, and you saw basically what you're describing is some type of intelligence behind it, is what you're saying. It seemed like, because we heard the woman's voice right before that wow. also. So it was kind of two things happening at, at the same time. That's incredible. Yeah. So and um, when you, when, and, and a lot of people, you know, they, and they're, I guess what, have you ever had any, um, overall, I think that doing what you're doing is very fun. You have a good time and, and it, it, at some point you even get to, um, you know, learn a lot of neat historical stuff about places that normally you wouldn't. But have you ever had any encounters or any experiences that you say, you know what, I'm going to grab my crap and I'm getting out of here. <laughs> we did. Um, yeah, there were. There was one time we did a home investigation on the south side of Chicago. Okay. And we were in the basement. Um, There was three of us in the basement. I was standing next to the furnace. Okay. And there's the staircase to the basement was behind me. And I felt like 
I felt like uh, somebody had come up behind me, had like come down the stairs, okay, had come up behind me and put their hands on my shoulders. Oh my like God. Standing behind me. When all this is happening, there's a big bang on the furnace. <laughs> and also a, a baby stroller that was down there comes rolling across. Oh my God. And I was so scared. I, I couldn't even oh talk. My God. I couldn't even four words. I was just, I was just so scared. But then once I got over all of that, you know, I'm like, oh, that was kind of cool. <laughs> I know, but <laughs> still, it doesn't. I didn't feel like it was threatening, like right. it was there to harm me. I felt like it was like a jokester, like somebody trying to scare me. Right. And then, you know, come to find out, you know, more about what was going on there. There was a father that had died, father or grandfather, older okay. man that had died and had a bar like in the basement. And that's kind of what his characteristic was. He would like to play jokes and stuff on people. So it, it totally made sense. That That's but what time, it really scared me. <laughs> Can you imagine? Let me tell you something. That that see, that's the kind of, and a lot of times when people do this, they kind of like almost after you've been like I said, if you've gone to a few that nothing's ever happened, mm -hmm. or you think oh uh, maybe when I get home maybe I'll hear an EVP maybe whoever, right. and then you see that that like the timing on some of this stuff is I know there's the skeptics out there that could give you a million different reasons how I could, and you sometimes you, it's almost like you have to be there realize the timing on this. I'm sorry, it's just too weird. Mm -hmm. Okay, for it just to be coincidental, or right. you know, a raccoon in the furnace or something. You know, oh, right? There was like three things going on at one time. Exactly. You exactly. Know? Yeah. And uh, yeah, I've I, I mean I've had those experiences myself where it's like there's just no way, there's just no way that this, you know, unless you, of course that's what you know you're hoping is that you're gonna get is just a like a, you know. Yeah, you know, and and this is the thing. And um, a lot of people, and, and I, a lot of people that I've talked to that have been doing this for a while, they'll tell you, you know, depending on, like you said, in this case, you felt well, this all this spirit is like like a trickster, like he wants to like see me jump, maybe yeah. or whatever. Yeah, that's what it felt um, like. But sometimes, depending on what's there, if it's an intelligent haunting, of course, sometimes there's only so much that they can do, right, to communicate. And to us, it might seem frightening because let's say they drop something, but maybe that's the most they can do to get your attention. Right, they save up their energy to be able to do something that significant. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So it, it, it depends, you know, on the interpretation that you want to put on it. But yeah, I, and that's the thing I laugh sometimes. You see these paranormal investigators, something happens and they're like ready to leave. And it's like, wait a minute, that's what you're there for. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's okay to get right. startled. Yeah, um, it does scare you at first, but then when, when you get over it, you're like, oh, that was really neat. You know, that yes. was really something. <laughs> yes, it's like, wow, the real, the for real thing. And people yeah. just don't realize that, um, you know, when, when you have something like that, like I said, your instant reaction is that startle reaction. Right. But then, you know, depending, of course, on the feelings that you get, that's like, and like you, you, you were great. You know, you realize this is somebody that's trying to like, hoping that I'm going to, you know, like run screaming from down here. <laughs> yeah. And you were like, no, I, you know, I get where you're coming from. And uh, yeah. And, and sometimes, you know, and then, you know, you get the other hauntings, even though they're intelligent, sometimes they're on their own loop in the sense that they don't, they, they're just so caught up in what they're doing that they're totally unaware. 
that someone's there and then you get the residual stuff, you know, which is like the certain smells and things like that. And, and I'm going to ask you, how about UFOs? Have you had any, uh, have you seen any have, because now, you know, it's, I mean, I've always been interested in UFOs, but especially after that, um, you know, that they kind of released, uh, they let it, the cat out of the bag. Right. That they actually admitted what everybody knew, which is that the government had been actually putting money into investigating but they're hiding secrets from us. Yeah, big surprise. Yeah, I know, and it's like, <laughs> and I, I have, I have one of two theories on that. I have one as to why they would want not keep it from us. One, they're afraid of it's you know like one of those things that once you tell the lie, then it gets away from you, and then you're mm-hmm. kind of scared once you tell everybody what you've been lying about, so that they're. You know, and and they'll maybe try to pass it off as we were trying to act, trying to acclimate the population to the possibility that, you know, we have had contact with extraterrestrials that or that they're afraid of once they do come out and say that. And then, of course, everybody's going to ask, well, what do you know? What, what, What is it? What is it that they have to admit how much they don't know and that they're afraid that people will kind of wig out because let's face it, it's going to be bad enough that they finally admit to it. But can you imagine when they admit that despite all the hoopla, how, you know, they always say, well, we've got their technology or they've helped us that we really don't have as much information as everybody thinks. So we're kind of almost in that uh, kind of at their mercy kind of thing. And, you know, like Stephen Hawking, he said, you know, we got to be careful because usually this, um, this usually ends up where the less, um, how can I say, not the less intelligent, but the less advanced society or cultures always ends up being victimized by the culture or the civilization that's more advanced. So we got to be careful when we do this, you know, meeting of the species or whatever you want to call them. Mm-hmm. So can you imagine if the government ever comes out and says, yeah, we, it's true. We've had, you know, from Roswell or from wherever, let's not even go into ancient aliens and everybody, of course, and then they have to admit, yeah, but we don't know as much as we want to say we do. We only know, we only have sightings of aircrafts, you know, of, you know, all these ones that the, like they were showing that pilot, um, mm-hmm. you know, we, we only have X amount of proof that we know it, or maybe some, but we, there's a lot more that we don't know. In other words, that we don't have really a good idea or grasp of what their capabilities are or what their intentions are towards the humans. I'm telling you, I think that would worry people a lot more than just besides knowing that they exist. So I don't know. I don't know which way this is going to go. Um, and then there's another school which thinks that there's the, the government. And I'm going to all the governments, but let's say I'm going to say the United States worldwide. But they say we know a lot more than there were we've ever admitted to. In other words, that we've had like what they call the encounters of the fourth kind, which is not just a sighting we've actually uh had the you know the meeting like the mm-hmm. i don't know what do you think yeah um i i've got a co- i have seen a ufo oh my god let's hear this what which happened? is uh pretty pretty cool because this happened recently you so did. this is kind of the the first time that i've actually talked about it okay and our uh oh don't worry about it (laughs) let me tell you something my phone is a is a wookie going off and that's gone off at other times don't worry about it and also our the best 
adventure we've ever been on um, okay. was we went out by Area 51. Oh. So um, two different two different stories there. Yeah. So that that was really fun too. Um, okay. The the UFO I saw. Um, and, and this is interesting too, cause it was me and my husband together and we saw two completely different things, Really, I, which is very strange. So we were on, um, Mackinac Island, which is in the upper peninsula. Is it in the, I don't know. It's in Michigan, right? It's an Island, um, in Lake Huron. Uh, we were there for like a paranormal event actually. And okay. there was a meteor shower that night. So we went outside, um, you know, it was like midnight. You know, in the middle of the night, we went outside to, you know, watch for meteors, mm-hmm. this meteor shower. Um, and so, you know, we're looking at the sky and my husband was watching me. He's like, do you see that? And I'm like, yeah. And he said he had been watching it for a while. And what I saw was it, it wasn't like a silver disc ship or anything like that. It was more like organic. It was almost like this orange, orangish. It, it wasn't like a thing. It, it's very hard to describe, I guess. It, I'm gonna, it, it, I'm gonna interrupt you really quick, and I'm gonna ask you because I belong to Mufon, and I also belong to a local group down here in Miami. That every once in a while we'll have Mufon come in and do presentations. But you know, one uh-huh. time we had this lady. She described it. She, you know what she did, told me? She says that she goes, I know exactly like what you just said. Sounds really weird, but it looked like a jellyfish almost. It looked like not hard. You know how you always right. think of an aircraft as having sharp or rounded edges, but right. very uh, identifiable? Is that something right. like what you're describing? It, it is because it wasn't a ship. Wow. It, it almost like it was itself. It was like an organic living thing in itself is what it seemed like to me. And it was like orangish. You could see, and it was huge. I mean, I'm talking huge. And it went from one end of the sky all the way to the other. And what my husband thought he saw was more like a pterodactyl, like a thunderbird. He's like, he thought it was more like a, like a thunderbird. That's incredible. I'm like, you know, it's like we kind of saw two different things, but it was definitely, uh, uh, we couldn't identify it. Okay. Um, and, and it's like, I'm yeah, just, enough that you're like looking at it and going, okay. And I know. It, it, was, it was a really neat experience. The northern lights are up there also. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, it was in the middle of the sky. So I know for sure that's not what it was. Right. Because yes. Because you're always going to have those that, that are going to say it's, uh, yeah. Yeah, I know exactly where you're that, that you're going to have the ones that are going, oh, are you sure that it wasn't, you know, some type of uh, it's na- in, in other words, that it was nature. It's like, doesn't it always have to be right. nature. No, it couldn't have been the northern lights because it, it was literally in the middle of the sky. Wow. And yeah, it was just it was huge. It was it was very that was a very neat experience. And you said you had two experiences. But the the other one um, was was more of our um, investigation out okay. by Area Fifty One. Okay, and what happened um, with that? I don't think um, many people do. It that was more like the adventure itself. Um, Area Fifty One's in the middle of the desert yes. in Nevada. Yes. In order to see the base, there is one last place you can see the base. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I don't. And I have it on vibrate, but get no, it, 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 I know. it's it's computer. <laughs> okay. So there's one last place that you can see the ba- the base, and it's called Tikaboo Peak, which is a mountain. Okay. In order to get 
there, you have to take this four by four dirt road, uh, like 20 something miles into the desert. Okay. And there's not exactly directions to get there. So, you know, wow. you're, you're kind of winging it. And you this don't is at really night? You're going. No. Oh, okay. No, I would not go out there at night. Okay. At, at all, because you would totally get lost for one thing. That's Very what I was easy. about to say. I was going to go, hey, if you went out there at night, you're brave. I mean, really brave. But, um, yeah, so you, you take this four-by-four four road 20-something um, miles into the desert to the base of the mountain. And then you have to hike up the mountain to the top oh, in order to see the base, which is in a valley, which is surrounded by mountains. And it, it was the hardest thing that we've ever done. I mean, we're, I mean, we're not the greatest in shape either. So, But you uh, were thinking, I better, I better see something once I get up. I know what I you mean, mean. I know. The, the elevation alone. Yes, that's right. I had a know, thought of that. It's just kicking our butt because we're so out of breath because we're from Chicago. Uh-huh. We're not used to, you know, these mountains. And um, you would, there. there's not like a trail that's going up there neither. You know, I had GPS coordinates and we're like, I think we're going in the right direction. We'll find out soon. <laughs> and you had to hike up the, the mountain was, the whole side of it was like this loose shale. Oh. So it was like really hard too. It was really hard, Can you but imagine? this was a whole day event too. It, it took us the entire day to do this, you know, like, like a good yes. eight hours or something, you know, but once you got to the top of the mountain and I think people do spend the night up there. I was going to say, it's like, man, once you, you go out there, it's like spend the night. So, you know, I wouldn't be driving through those roads or hiking at night, but you know, if you did want to spend the night up there, great place to star watch and watch for UFOs. You can see, you can see a runway. You can see the roads going through the middle of the valley. Wow. It's still, you're still, you know, kind of, I think you're still 20 something miles from the base at that okay. point. Yeah. But still, I guess what, because from its vantage point is why you're able to see what you can see. Right, because you're on top of the mountain. Yeah, and it's very, very difficult to get to. And so yeah. most likely you're not going to run into anybody out there. Right, it's like... Mm. Yeah, but you can see uh, going there, you know, on top of other mountains, like these um, probably, they're probably listening to you or, you know, air, the bet. people at Area 50, or they know you're there. I'm sure they exactly. do. I'm sure. I'm sure they're monitoring that entire area. And, you know, they probably figured we were harmless enough, I guess. It's like, oh, yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. I hope they don't bust their ass. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> right. We're hoping we don't run into any of those camo dudes or anything. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, I, I love that kind of thing because you made a good point that everybody does decide to do that, especially if they go out to Area 51, despite taking the trip out there. Once you tell them, mm -hmm. yeah, you want a good vantage, you got to go up that little mountain. It's like, what? Right. You know, it's pretty dangerous. You're in the middle of nowhere. Literally, nobody's going to find you if something happens to you, probably for a long you time. I, I, one time I was um, I was interviewing this gentleman who had been a border patrol agent out in the mountains in Southern California called the Ote Mountains. But he was he, they would patrol at night. And he was telling me how dangerous it is because a lot of times because of their work, they have to go out there like with no lights on. Mm. And they've had, uh, even with their own their experience and the kind of equipment and and uh, vehicles that they have, they've had a couple of the uh, of them go off the sides of the oh sure of the roads because it's at night. And mm -hmm. if you you know if you just go, your tire goes off a little bit off the edge, 
especially if you've gone up there in a vehicle that's it you're right you're you're gone so yeah, yeah. going up all those besides the uh the thin air is if you're trekking up it can be very uh but like in a way it's like it's like what do you say let me check this off my bucket list so it, it kind of was it. because we had actually been out there that was the third time we had gone to try to do this the really? first time we went was in like august it was 120 degrees out or I something say, it must have been really hot we were dying we were like literally dying and we didn't know where we're going you know you're you're kind of just in the dark don't know where you're going um so we turned around came back uh we went back another time um which was in april I thought okay. April would be okay because we're going for it's not going to be 100 degrees out. <laughs> right. Okay. And uh, we get, you know, close to the base of the mountain and it starts snowing. <laughs> and I was like, really? <laughs> and and come to find out, we went into uh, Rachel, Nevada. Okay. Um, as the little alien in there. And they have a restaurant and a, uh, you know, hotel kind of there uh, too, motel, I guess. Um, the guy said, there's snow on top of the mountain. You guys never would have made it. So I'm okay. like, okay. So, yeah. <laughs> Didn't know that. Go. So this was the third time we went. We went, I think, at the beginning of June. I figured no snow. It may, it may be hot. It wasn't. It, it, the weather was good for us. Um, and, and I was determined, we're going to make it this time. This is the third time, you know. Fly out to Las Vegas, you know. So, right, you have to rent a four-by-four vehicle too. Right, we're gonna do it. Get there, so it, it's quite quite a trip. And I was determined we're making it this time. I don't care, and we did. And was it worth it then? It was worth it. I'll yeah, say. that's the it thing. Was. It was one of those bucket list adventures that you but, know. But the, yeah. and, you, and 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 to give you credit, a lot of people after the first time that it didn't work out. Like you said, you went out there, oops, wrong time of year. There's ah, forget it. You know, like, but no, you stuck to all your guns and you went out. Yeah. There. That's great. Third time was a charm. That is, that's, so let me ask you, what do you think as far as the, now that they kind of said that, do you think that, that we have had contact more than just sighting, let's say, via, uh, you know, UFOs. I do. Yes, I think they're just not telling us that. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. That, I, I, I want to say, well, you know what? How long could they just be content with seeing uh, crafts that, you know, maneuver or go at speeds that they know that we don't have any technology for? You know, at some point, and, and, and it makes you wonder, was it a scenario like, like Roswell, you know, where the where there they had a crash, or mm -hmm. was it a meeting, a an agreed upon meeting? Right, and it could be both. Yeah, it could be both. I mean, there and there's a, like I said, I, um, you know, in some of these meetings that you go to, uh, you'll have a lot of, and I think that's happens also with all these people, especially way back then, whether whether you were in the armed forces or after a while, people don't talk don't say that unless they want to uh deep six their careers you know if you were right. a policeman or a fireman or yeah. armed forces or an airline pilot uh after a while you realize and even if you come back your boss if he's your friend will tell you shut up don't ever get this out because for the next 20 years you're going to be known as the guy that saw the ufo <laughs> 
In other right. words, I, yeah, they don't talk about it. Yeah, for sure. And I think what yeah. happens is what what's happening now that a lot of these guys that now that they've they're retired, you know, it doesn't matter to them. Even though I have heard that some sometimes even uh, that haven't said stuff, some because sometimes they're even um, they think it might hurt their their pensions. You know, like somebody is going to mess with them. That's, right. Right. Know, I think the government has put that fear in. Yeah, like hey, you know, even though you retired. Um, yeah. Remember, either you you sent yeah. you either you uh, signed some type of non-disclosure uh, form or whatever. Who knows? So yeah, I think there's still a lot of people out there with a lot of secrets that are saying, "Yeah, forget it. I'll let Fred come out and uh, <laughs> tell right. the story of what we came across, whenever it was. You know, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, whatever the case might be. Uh, and well, since your group does everything. Have you ever gone Bigfoot hunting or squatch hunting or squatch? Yeah. Hunting? How's, yes. How's we've that gone on two different three. Well, actually three now. We just did one last year too. Uh, yeah, we did three different Bigfoot hunts. How was that? Actually, um, we've never run into the creature, unfortunately, mm-hmm. but um, we did have two experiences. Um, one um, was in Minnesota. Okay. We rented this house that was pretty remote it was the only house on this lake, um, so there's nobody for, for miles. Uh, me and my son were in a canoe, and we were just taking the canoe kind of around the lake, and okay. we had rocks thrown at us. Really? And that is one of the claims of Bigfoot. Yes, yes. Throws rocks. And, I mean, you're in the middle of nowhere. There's literally nobody there, and it's all private property, too. And that was very strange. I mean, can't say it was Bigfoot, but, you know, maybe. You know what? And that's, you know, over here in, in Florida, you know, we've got the skunk ape. Mm-hmm. And um, I was thinking, you know, I went, even though he's been seen like up in central Florida, I live very close to the Everglades. So I contacted uh, this group that supposed, well, they're, they're, they have airboats and things like they're out there in the Everglades, but they have this thing that they do skunk ape headquarters and i contacted them because i was like hey what stories do you got and would you be willing to take us out just to see what if we find what we can find and and it ended up being more like a tourist trap so i I haven't really run across any group down here anyway that's really Mm -hmm. serious about it um because because i know some of the people have cited it it's been like coincidental you know they they're going and they'll see something out you know, they're on a road, let's say they're driving and then they'll see something off or mm-hmm. maybe perhaps a hunter sometimes. But uh, un- unfortunately, down in this area, we don't have anybody that looks oh, yeah. for them on, uh, on an ongoing basis just to see what they run across. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, up there, you're you're close by, like you said, Minnesota and Minnesota, Canada's not that far. Yes. Oh you know, yeah, those are kind of big areas. Uh, that they're there, that they are, that you could say, okay, these. Right. Yeah, they're. Yeah. They... An- another time, um, me and my husband were in Michigan in the Upper Peninsula uh, at Craig's Lake, which is a really remote lake um, okay. that you can you can hike around. You probably will be the only people there. Okay. You know, because it's, it's very remote. Uh, we're hiking around the lake, and we heard a Bigfoot howl. <gasps> oh. And it was so scary. It just the, it was it was so loud, and just the the sound of it, it was just the, 
it, you knew it came from like a humongous creature. Right. This is not the, uh, yeah, <laughs> not a loon. You know, or, or, you know, not even, not a bear or anything like that. Exactly. I mean, it was just, it was just this massive sound that was just, you know, it just shook you to your core. It was very scary because uh -huh. we were out there by ourselves. There's nobody. And we hear this and we're like, oh my God, you know, do you really want to run into that creature right. that made you know? It, that's the thing, you know, you hear some, and I, you know, some of these people that go out and, like you said, in the woods in the middle of nowhere, they're out yeah. there doing all these things to and call we it. Do and we do go out at night in the woods looking for Bigfoot um, or Beast of Bray Road. We've done oh that Oh, my one. God. Yes, I saw that. You guys, what with, wait, let me, let's finish up with Bigfoot and then we're going to move off to the, the Beast of Bray Road because I think that's so super interesting. Because in a way, they're both cryptids, even though the Bigfoot has right. got mu a much more, you know, it's seen all over yeah. the place. Much more popular. Um, but I, you know, and I know a lot of, don't get me wrong, I do think of Bigfoot as... I don't. I don't think of him as trying to go out there and kill all the humans he comes across. I don't think that's the case. But uh, right. I was talking to a gentleman who he's a, a Sasquatch. His name is Steve Coles, and we were talking about that. Yeah, he, he's experienced their omnivores, and um, where they don't go around killing humans, but mm -hmm. if they run across and, the, and they, in other words, that he's had scenarios where they've gone onto people's farms and gone after calf and. Things mm -hmm. of that size uh, for for food, and right. I said, "Well, do you think it's because it's an older or an ill, you know, member?" That and he goes, "No, they they are opportunists. Uh, they get their food where they can." So sometimes you have to think. Oh, and we also thought a lot of times that uh, they're closer than you think. It's just that they're so good at adaptation, at blending in or camouflaging themselves. Right, right. That sometimes they're yeah. much closer than you think, especially if, you know, the wind's not blowing in the right direction, where which they would know what to do, uh, that they might be looking at you and you would have no idea that they're observing they've been you. I for a lot longer than we have. Yes. I mean, but I do have a theory about all the cryptids, I think. You know, can kind of be lumped all together. Okay. I think that they are interdimensional beings. Oh, yes. Yes. That they come from a different dimension. Yes. And I think that's why they're more elusive. Yes. You know, they come and go. Mm -hmm. And I kind of think all the cryptids fall into that. You know, that's my opinion. Do you think it's because, do you think it's just that every once in a while there's what they call a rip? that's only open for X amount of time or just that they have the ability in and of themselves to travel between dimensions? I, it could go either way, I think. And I think there's certain areas mm -hmm. that are, are more prone to that, that maybe, I mean, they call them like a window area. Yes. Where, where maybe there are portals to another dimension mm -hmm. and, and that's where a lot of the sightings are, you know, in, in certain areas around the country. Well, I think it also, it's, you know, how some, uh, especially uh, maybe a hundred years back or less, you know, when there we didn't have as much advancement with photography where you would have sections of, of certain parts of the country or a town or city where they would go through all these months of sighting this really weird creature and then it would disappear. Right. And of course, right. maybe that door shut. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And then that was it. It would be maybe two, three, four months, maybe a year the most. And then that's it. Okay. Right. Yeah, like, Mothman. Mothman was there for a certain period of time and then he was like gone. 
Exactly. And even though they say that he's been seen at other, that, and I've always thought the same thing about Mothman because there's, when you get into that Mothman thing, uh, it's more to it than just citing it as, you know, how supposedly if you cite it, it's a portender that something horrible is going to happen. But a lot of people that you talk to that have had sightings, they, there's almost like a psychic paranormal thing going on, how yeah, it affects more, you. Way more than just a cryptid, cryptid I think. Yeah. Yes. Yes, yeah. with Mothman. And there's now. all these Mothman sightings in Chicago now. Yes, I you know, saw that. I saw that, that yeah. in the newspaper. I think yeah, it was the Chicago big, Tribune. Big, big thing around here is the Mothman sightings. But yeah. um, I don't know. Go, I know what, I, what I think about that is I know people have said they think they're a hoax or, you know, oh, something bad's going to happen because, you know, Mothman's being sighted here. Right. I almost think it's more of a misidentification. Um, my husband saw in our neighborhood this like massive owl like it it, it was huge which i think somebody could mistake that for mothman and he's like you know it was so big that it was it was scary and he would you know wanted to come back in the house and (laughs) and stuff and i'm like oh we need to get a camera out there but you know i don't think it's mothman i I think it's really probably more a misidentification of a, a creature could be, could be living animal like a like a large owl or something yeah there's a lot of people that they don't really stick around to really take a good look right right they're getting like a like a two second you know viewing of this this creature and because they've heard you know oh there's been all these mothman sightings around here that must be what it is yes it's like yeah i'm not gonna I'm not gonna stick around and like really really take a good look like that was <laughs> yeah i could see that happening and yeah. But then you never know. I always, you know what? I always leave a little bit for the, what if it's, you know, what if it, there is something there? You know, right. you don't ever right. want to think of it because I don't know. know, because I guess I'm thinking, I mean, I've been up to Chicago. My, my son was in the Navy and he trained there out of the base. That's mm-hmm. you know, about 40 miles away. So I've been there a couple yeah. of times and I know inside Chicago proper, but I imagine what, if you go a little bit outside of Chicago, you get, you would get owls that big or... Because I'm always thinking of Chicago as in the city. Right. I mean, there are owls around here. Really? I mean, maybe this one, um, yeah, there are owls around here. Um, maybe this one is just, you know, larger than your average owl. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I just, I don't think it's a hoax. I, I, I don't, I'm not really buying into the whole Mothman thing either, I guess. <laughs> yeah, the owl on steroids. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, yeah. Now let's let's go on to Bray that that the oh the beast of Bray oh, Road. Oh my God! Yes, yes. Yeah, that's an interesting. Story. What happened? You went. You 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 actually went out to the location. We did. We um. There are uh, these woods. Kettle Moraine Woods is the the name of the woods that there have been a lot of sightings in, and we rented a house. Okay. That was actually right across from the woods, so it was perfect. We wow. we could stay in this house, and we just walked walked across the street you know, to the woods. And, um, yeah, we did do a night investigation. Okay. We did out in the woods at night, which, you know, it's a little creepy, a little scary. Um, we really didn't find anything at all on the Beast of Bray Road. But we do have something coming up next month. Um, okay. Hopefully the weather holds because it is February in this area. It could be it could be bad. Um, uh-huh. But there's somebody who contacted us from that area who's a local. Okay. And, 
uh, that they've seen, you know, the creature and they go out looking for them in the woods. And so we're going to go up there next month and we're okay. going to interview this person and they're going to take us to their hot spots where they've wow. had. A See, that's the ticket right there. You've got a local and that's really what it's all about. Yeah. So so that'll be pretty interesting. And it'll be in the middle of winter, which is yes. different. We've never done a hunt like that in the winter. But, you know, tracks would be good if there's snow yeah, on the ground. Absolutely. Um, there's not leaves on the trees, so you can see in the woods pretty well. So, When was I, the I, last uh, sighting, official sighting that, of somebody saying that they saw it? I mean, I'm not for sure when, but I, I do think they still have sightings once in a while. Yeah. To this and, day. Um, um, I spoke to a gentleman. His name is uh, Jim Smith. He's out of Alabama, and he's had a... Uh, the Bigfoot Society since like the 70s. He's been doing it for a really long time. And he was telling me, you know, that at some point, you know, every time that they've got people that are going down the road in their automobile and they see something weird, and in that stretch of road, I guess it's known for Bigfoot, they bring them over to his house. Oh. <laughs> and he says that he's had people, he says, look, I can't, you know, I wasn't there, but they're so scared. He says that some of them will even tell him, sir, please, do you mind if we stay here until it's daylight? Because we don't want to drive back. <laughs> the dark yeah and i'm thinking the cops are like thinking well what do you what, what do you want us to do <laughs> you know and he says and he tells me he says i i don't know what they saw but whatever it is that they think they saw and he says it's been more than one one person yeah they're scared they're really really truly right. scared of what i they can saw. totally imagine that you know after just hearing that bigfoot howl mm -hmm. and just imagining the creature that was behind that exactly. noise you know, I, that would be very terrifying, I think. Right. And you were, you said you were in a canoe on a lake, right? When you heard... uh, That was when the rocks were thrown. Oh, out. that's, I'm sorry, when the rocks were thrown. The, the other one, though, we were hiking. We were just hiking around and the this lake. this is, and again, and that's, and you posed mm -hmm. it a very qu good question, which is like, do I really want to have a face-to-face -face with whoever? I know, that's kind of iffy, but uh, kind of don't think we kind of don't think that it's going to be, you know, terrifying and stuff when we're out there. I mean, we still do it. Of course, we, of course. We, I, like I said, I don't think there's anybody that ever does any type of investigation of anything that you go, you go through that fear point, especially when you're like, okay, this is, there's something coming up or I'm hearing something. And then you like, oh, you stop yourself and you say, okay, but that's what I'm here for. And you push on right. through because- right. Like, Exactly. That's exactly like, what, what we're there for. So yeah. we're still going to do it. <laughs> we're still going to do it. Exactly. Yeah. Now, have you ever had anything on any of these encounters that you could say something followed you back home? Something. Uh, and um, for example, besides the paranormal or the ghost stuff, you know, I've have had some people tell me that, yeah, things, even if it's not malicious or bad, they do feel like sometimes after an investigation they do have things coming back mm -hmm. with them and i've even had like i said some people some like i said when i stay in these meetings afterwards after the meeting breaks up you know that everybody just gathers around and some people leave and other people start talking and um i've talked to so many people that have had for example ufo sightings that they'll tell me that later on they start experiencing things on a paranormal or psychic level in their homes yeah, I've heard that too. I've and, heard that too. But I, I don't think we've had anything like that. You know, we haven't had anything follow us home or, or anything like that. No. Okay, and um, because it's almost like, uh, especially I don't know, is there anybody in your group that's sensitive or psychic or just? 
No, we don't have any psychics. Okay. Or sensitive. Sometimes I say sensitive. Is, sometimes the I word mean, psychic has the wrong connotation. Right. It's just somebody that right. picks up on things a little bit better than others. I mean, maybe sensitive, I yeah. would say. Okay. I would say, yeah. Yeah. But um, Would that be you or is there somebody else in there that? Well, I mean, I almost think, too, that some of us have been doing this for so yes, long exactly. that you get attuned to it. Yes, you do. So you do. You something's do. going to happen. You you kind of yes. know. You yes, kind of know. You kind of can feel it. Right. And and the, the reason why I was asking that is that sometimes usually the people that are a little bit more sensitive, it's almost like if somebody something's there, if you've gone especially to a paranormal investigation, they desperately want to communicate and they kind of realize this person is the one that's going to be the easiest to get yeah. across to sometimes they're not bound to the place and they kind of go along hoping you know that they're going to be able to connect with this person maybe when they're asleep you know when your right. defenses go down and uh get through to you and that's the, and, you know sometimes eventually like i said they go away it's not because it's anything malevolent or bad or anything it's just that they're just hoping that they can make contact with that one person wherever it might be mm-hmm but and and then you know you have the other people. Some people have said, "Oh yeah, after I came back, uh, then I'll have all these weird things going on." And I mean, significant stuff like all of a sudden it just transplanted from where they went to to their homes. And it's like, oh right. boy. Yeah, we always do protection prayers. Yes. You know, okay. whenever we do an investigation before we leave, you know, we tell the ghost you cannot come with us. You you know you have to stay here. Yes. And I guess it's worked for us because we really haven't right. had anything like that happen. There's a lot of people that don't take those precautions. And in other words, they don't take the precautions because even though they're doing this, they don't think in a way. They don't think it's going to happen to it's them. It's going to happen or it's real. It'll be like. It's such an easy, simple thing to do. Yes. Too. So whether yes. it works or not, why not? Have you ever, because I know Chicago's got so many places that have a history of being haunted uh, I mean, God, even before, I mean, everybody sometimes thinks of Chicago as like when Prohibition and Capone, but yeah, there's, a, the there's a lot of places there that predate, uh, you know, the G-Men and Al Capone t days. There, There's a lot of things that have happened around Chicago. Yeah, there is. There is a lot. Um, I can't say we've investigated a whole ton in the area we live in. Okay. I mean, we've been to Bachelor's Grove Cemetery, which is, you know, one of the most popular how, cemeteries. How, how, how was that with Bachelor's Grove? Bachelor's Grove, I think, is way overrated. Okay, I'm glad it's, to hear that. I'm, I'm, no, when I say glad to hear it is that, <laughs> don't get me wrong, I've, I've been doing this since the 90s, officially, as an investigator. Mm -hmm. So, there's so many places that are so hyped that yeah. I say either one whatever's going on there has long ago dissipated and all it's basically, it's just rolling along on hype or what's there is very subtle or insignificant or the timing. It's gotta be like just right. Otherwise it's not. And I, and, and I don't that's when you say that I'm like, yeah, if it is, it is. It's yeah. over, it's overrated I, I in the sense of really haunted. Overrated. You know, if you've, if you've ever seen anything on TV on it or something, yes. it seems like it's in the middle of the woods. Yeah, it looks it, like, yeah. It's it's not. It's in a suburb of Chicago. Okay. Which is the the cemetery itself is right next to a major road. Really? So, I mean, you do have to take this path into the woods to get to the cemetery. It's not real long. It's not like a hike or anything. 
Okay. And you can literally, I, I actually, a few years ago, we went and I did a video of, it's near, it's near kind of near O'Hare. Um, I did a video, you can see the airplanes flying overhead. You can okay. see, you can see the highway from the cemetery, uh, all the noise and everything. I was going to say that right there contaminates. So it, it is. You could do. Totally, totally. You could never get a good EVP out of there because there's just so much noise. And not to mention, there's so many people there usually. It's like Grand Central Station really? through there because it's so popular. Yeah, and it's so easy to get to, too. You know, it's very easy to get to. It's just in the suburbs. It's it's way overrated, in my opinion. Well, and you know, and let me ask you, and, and, the, and the reason why I ask is I'm, I'm a big researcher also. I, I'd like to find out what's the truth behind the story. Sometimes... <laughs> Like you said, it's like there's no truth to it or it's like very minimal. Sometimes it's pretty accurate. And then there's others that sometimes you do the research and it's much worse. Because I've heard that part of the haunting that takes place there has to do that at some point, besides being a cemetery, that they were dumping bodies out there. Uh, is that and there's accurate? There's a pond there that supposedly Al Capone, right. yeah, they were dumping bodies in the pond. I mean, I've heard that too, whether it's true or not, or whether right. we can even know if it's true or not. I don't know. Right, like, let's face it. Nobody was going to write that up in the newspaper because, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I've heard that too. If you value your life, you're not going to yeah. absolutely say nothing. So, yeah, that, that that's one of those things that you wonder where the truth starts and where, you know, where the hype ends. And, and where it gets added on to as the years go by. Yeah, yeah. of course, of course. And like you said, and you... And you're absolutely right. When you look at it on TV, it makes you look like you're in like a, a wooded area. It does. It is in the woods, but it's also next to a major highway, too. Yeah, but that's a problem. That's a problem as far as if you're trying to gather proof. It's like close by. Yeah. Plus, plus, um, like you said, once when you get a bunch of people running around somewhere in your vicinity. Whether the, even if there are other investigators, forget that also. Even if it wasn't oh. next to a major highway. Right. And usually the people are there. They are looking for ghosts or something. Yeah, but can you imagine? Yeah, yeah you think you're captured, but it's a guy talking off on the side on his cell phone. Right. <laughs> Say, yeah. right. Uh, forget yeah. it. It's, it. It's like, yeah, it's, I, I would love to go. Personally, I would love to go just to go. I think you got to visit it once. Right, you know? absolutely. <laughs> uh, but I, no, you know, when I was there, I took the... I didn't have the time, and I took like the 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 one that takes you by Hull House, the one on uh. Oh yeah, like one Demon of the Child. tours. It was like you know that sure. that was like the, I did the tourist thing. I've been on that one before too. <laughs> yeah, and uh, also what um, you know that it, 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 it as a matter of fact, it was you know we could, it wasn't even a walking tour. It was one of those where basically you got on and off a bus because oh, the distances mm -hmm. were so long and right. Uh, and uh, where was it? The other building, the one that uh, oh my god, escapes me now. The one that Candyman, the the projects. Oh my god, ooh, it'll come to me. But anyway, uh, yeah. And of course, again, that that one with Whole House. I'm not saying it's not haunted, but I don't think it's by what they think it they, oh. it is. The Demon Child. Yeah. That <laughs> that's not too exciting to me. I don't think. <laughs> no, it's like uh... now. Let me. And I know that you're a nurse. Have you ever had any experiences while you're at work? Um, not really, not really, but I, I can say that I find interesting. Um, I'm a home health nurse. Okay. So, you know, which does, uh, we do do some hospice work. 
too. Right, so exactly. I mean, I, a, a lot of my patients end up, you know, passing because mm -hmm. they're older. I can always tell when, when, you know, it's going to be their time to go because they always usually start talking about, um, people that have passed. Like my sister came and visited me okay. and the sister has been dead for, you know, five years or whatever. All right. Yep. Or, yeah, so a, a lot of them, they'll start talking about, you know, that these these relatives that are dead have come to visit them, and they'll usually be gone shortly after that. And you know what? You have a very precise insight on that mm -hmm. because, like you said, these are different people. You sounds like you might have been visiting them before, and then all of a sudden they start. And in other right. words, this is the common denominator right. that you see, like – like you said, they're referring to people that that are dead. Right. And I think those people come back to help them. Sure. Transition. Exactly. Is what I think. Yeah. Right. A lot of my patients I see for, for a long time, sometimes years. Okay. So I really do get to know them. Mm-hmm. And then, and then, yeah, at the end. Right. You know, when all of a sudden their conversation starts changing and they're talking about what they normally wouldn't be talking about or referring to things, you're like, okay. And then, and like you said, maybe at some point you even know enough about them or their family that you know who are the relatives that are deceased, right. a husband when, or a wife or whatever, another family and when member. they say they're ready to go, too. Yeah. They say they're ready. Yes. Um, you know, I think that will to live has a lot to do with it. Oh, yes. The, yes. the, the minute you give that up, you know, it's, it's your time to go. Well, and I think also sometimes, I think... Um, and I've spoken about this on other shows, some people, depending on their upbringing or their religious beliefs, they're ready to go, but sometimes they get scared of that judgment or, and almost right. like that, the ones, especially when you have the living, tell them it's okay, you know, like you're going to be okay because sometimes they, they, they never worried about it until right then and there when they're going to die. And then they start thinking about what if of all the bad things they did, when in reality, maybe they weren't as bad as they think, <laughs> but they start thinking yeah. I'm I'm going to I'm going to go to a hot place uh you know uh or whatever or uh things like that people I think get scared they they the as far as the willingness is they're willing but there's also sometimes fear comes in where or they don't know or they don't know what's going to what's what's waiting for them on the other side I've heard sometimes people especially if they're kind of agnostic or they don't have much of a belief in the afterlife they kind of run into that problem a little bit when they're well, there yeah, that would be a little, you know, depressing. That where it's like, really I hope I was right, or you know, what if this is yeah. it? When I'm gone, there is nothing. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah, exactly. I don't want to believe that. So that that's yeah, I could that I think uh, yeah, and that's why I asked you. I didn't I didn't know what setting you you know you worked in, but that's that's really interesting what you said, as far as um, you know, like. It's okay that you could say, okay, well, you know, one patient what could be delusional. Maybe they're getting some type of medication or maybe they have some type of brain disease right. where they're, you know, they're seeing the dead, whoever. But when you start seeing it in different patients, mm -hmm. different yeah, whatever's going matter. on. Sure. Yeah. For sure. That happens over and over again. And you would think, okay, if they're going to be uh, hallucinating, why won't they hallucinate with a, a living relative? <laughs> You know, like somebody maybe hasn't they haven't seen for a while, or a friend, or yeah. you know, somebody that they, oh, I wish I could see. They or really I... see these people. They they can really see them that they're they're there. You know, there to help them. I think. Yeah, 
I believe that. I absolutely believe that. I think, which by the way, is a beautiful thing when you think about it, that when yeah. you're ready to pass on, you're going to have people that love you and know you waiting for you to tell you, right. hey, come on down. It's okay. <laughs> and that's another theory that I've run across for as far as a lot of intelligent hauntings. You know, everybody always thinks of the, it's got to be a tragic, violent death, uh, you know, that creates a haunting or a spirit that's mm -hmm. earthbound. But I think in some cases, you do have sometimes some spirits that they kind of like die alone or confused and things like that. And they kind of hang out a little bit because they, I've heard sometimes that they miss the bus, you know, sometimes let's say if they were heavily medicated or anesthetized or uh, let's say they were in an accident and they were unconscious and then they pass away before regaining consciousness, that sometimes they kind of like they're self-aware and they kind of miss the part where I died. Mm -hmm. And that that's why you have some what they call, you know, those crisis apparitions like you know, when somebody dies or right after they die that people that maybe haven't seen that person will see them or witness them or smell their perfume or things like that. Sometimes it's because they want to say they're okay, but sometimes it's because they're kind of like hoping that somebody's going to hear them or see them because they, they kind of like takes them a little while to catch up and realize. Yeah. Okay. Maybe that thing I don't remember. The last thing I remember was driving down the road, for example. Maybe that's what happened, you know, or that, that uh, I've heard of, uh, you know, or that they attend their own funerals and they that's when they really get catches up to them. They're like, Hey, that's me in there. Whoa. So, hmm. yeah, I think there's a lot of different reasons sometimes why intelligent hauntings end up, uh, taking place and, uh, things like that. And, uh, so you've got the, you've got that investigation coming up, um, with that local, which I think has got yeah. to be so. Yeah, that's in February. Yeah, pretty interested to see, you know, what he has to say. And uh, it's going to show us where he goes, goes to hunt the Beast of Bray is Road. Your, let me ask you, I think, it's, isn't it Wisconsin where they've also got sightings of the dog man? Yeah. Have you ever dog been? Man. Wisconsin and Michigan, too. Have you ever done anything like that? Have you ever gone I, out for any of those? We've never done the dog man in particular. Okay. But, you know, Dog Man, Beast of Bray Road. Yes. Right, I know. Same thing, I don't know. <laughs> well. You know, you of know. course, they think the Beast of Bray Road could be a werewolf. So. Right. Yeah. Like down here, down, you know, in the south, well, down in Louisiana, they have what they call the Loop Guru. And oh, yeah. They have the Lizard Man in South Carolina and all these different cryptids. And. Right. Yeah, that one sighting I was reading about that, the one in the Lizard Man that happened in South Carolina that was really close to a swamp. I was reading about the kid that saw it and I was thinking this, this sounds like this, some, this kid really had an experience. I mean, I don't see how you could mistake what he described as a bear or, or any other type of animal. Right. Lizard man. Yeah. It's like going to alligator on its hind legs. So I don't yeah, know. I was like, this <laughs> which is I don't like, think happens. So yeah. Yeah, if you if you read what he said, what he even went even went to the police with, I'd be like, uh, no, this this is, I, I don't see how anybody could say besides saying okay, he's lying, which yeah, there was a lot of detail. It was like there's very difficult to think that he could mistake this for anything else, but what right. he's saying, a big man-sized lizard <laughs> that tried to claw through the roof of his car. <laughs> that's, that's a little scary. <laughs> 
Yeah, I know. And uh, I don't know if you remember, but when the the eclipse was coming around, they were telling everybody to keep an eye out for Lizard Man in South Carolina. Oh, yeah, they were, weren't they? Yeah, <laughs> we actually went as a group down to Hopkinsville, Kentucky to watch the eclipse. Really? Oh, yeah, wow. that was supposed to be one of the best places to see it. And okay. it was. It was great. It was great. Yeah, yeah it was it like, was. I know that some of these places, they were sold out like way before. Was, yeah. And I think that... Uh -oh. uh, no, I, I stayed put down here in South Florida. It was like, uh, because it's, I mean, it's a, I, that what I would think would be, it's like a once in a lifetime thing sometimes depending on how frequently that happens. But, you know, according to everybody, the doomsday, the earth was going to end. You were going to see lizard man. It was Nostradamus predicted it. What else? Oh, a bunch yeah. of stuff. Was gonna go. Yeah. But it anyway, was just, it, it was just a big party, I guess. <laughs> But anyway, Cindy, thank you so much for spending this time. I look forward to catching up with you. You post, uh, I have the link to your website on the credits of the show. But anyway, what is the website that if somebody wants to go and sure. visit you Our guys? Our website is www.huntersoftheunknown.com. Okay. We're on, we're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're on, we're on Instagram at Hunters Unknown on all three. And you're going to post what? Do you post what happens after these when you go out there? Do you we put do. up any That's pictures? That's all on our website. Yes. Okay, after perfect. we go through, you know, all our, our footage and everything, I always do a video and put it on our website. Yes. So all our past adventures and everything. Is on there. Is on there. Yep. Fantastic. And then they can, whoever wants to find out what's going on with this soon to happen investigation, they yeah, can catch up on with you on social right. media. Perfect. Yes. Yep. Again, Cindy, thank you so much for spending this time. It was fantastic. And I'm going to keep abreast Great. of that because I have an interest in that. Yeah. And lucky you, you're up there. I'm too far away. <laughs> Otherwise, I'd be taking trips up there. But well, yeah, uh, thanks for having me. Yes. No. Believe me, I'm going to keep a. I, I'm very interested in those type of cryptids. I really, really am. Okay. Thank okay. you so much, darling. Take good. care. Bye bye. Thanks. Bye. So. I think it was so interesting. I love a paranormal group that does everything because a lot of times people think of the paranormal as strictly being ghost, a ghost hunt or, you know, spirit contact or something like that. And in truth, uh, paranormal is, and I've said this in other times, it's a whole slew of things, whether it's cryptids or UFOs or, um, I mean, there's... To me, it, there's so many things out there that are unknown versus known uh, that just can't be explained that I consider paranormal. That doesn't have to be, like I said, the typical of what everybody thinks of. And part of it we have to blame on media uh, as being paranormal. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. I loved speaking to Cindy because, like I said, um, you know, especially for those people out there that don't belong to a group or, you know, the legend trippers. Uh, I think there's a legend tripper in all of us, even if we don't belong to a group. And the only thing I could say is always be prepared to capture something, you know, even if it's with your camera or anything, because you know what, nine times out of 10, these are the people that have the encounters or the sightings or the experiences that, you know, you could have a bunch of paranormal groups Again, speaking loosely, paranormal group going out there trying to capture. And here you get two legend trippers going out there. And they do it they, because they're there. Yeah, they're going out there. But it's they don't take it, I want to, for lack of a, but they don't take it so seriously. 
They're hoping they do, but if they don't, they're out there to have a good time. On the flip side of that, you have to be a little, a little bit careful. And by this, um, I don't know if any, like last year, uh, there's a uh, cryptid or a legend, it's an urban myth called Goatman. And this is in Kentucky. And he is seen on a railroad trestle, uh, a very high railroad trestle that basically crosses this ravine. Okay, it's a matter of fact, it's pretty close to Waverly Hills Sanitarium. And I believe uh, early last year, there was a couple that, well, the, the story goes that the goat man is seen, uh, I mean, there's different versions of it. He's either seen under the trestle, the railroad trestle, up on the top with a hat. I mean, there's three million versions of it. But bottom line, a lot of people go up there to see it, and it's not the first time that somebody's gotten killed, and that's exactly what happened. Because what people don't realize is for a train, you you would think you would hear a train coming really far away, and you don't. Uh, you kind of you kind of become aware of it right when it's on top of you, and that's what happened. There was a young couple out there. Uh, they were, as a matter of fact, they were going to Waverly Hills later on in the, I think in the evening, they had gone out there to try to find Goatman and, uh, they had walked out on the trestle and, uh, once you're up there and a train's coming, you've got three options, jump and it's like a hundred foot drop to the ravine, two, you get hit by the train and run over by the train and three, if you're smart enough, you know how to get off and kind of like hang off the side kind of deal. But you got to be really nimble and on your to do that. And unfortunately, the young lady, she fell. The guy that was with her, he was okay. But she got killed. And, uh, I mean, that's the downside of being a legend tripper. And by this, I mean that you got to be aware of where you're at. Uh, it's all great to have a good time and hope you have an experience. But you got to be aware of your surroundings and where you're going. And even she was saying, even when you go to some remote places... Um, you got to be aware where you're going. I, and I've said I've, I, my other shows, I, I have a personal weapon I carry with me at all times when I go to some of these places, especially if they're remote. I hope I never have to use it, but I'm always aware that I might run into somebody and it's not, it won't be the cryptid I'm looking for or ghost. So yeah, for those legend trippers out there, personal safety, self-preservation has always got to be number one on your list. And uh, that, that thought about nothing's, Nothing's ever going to happen to us. It always happens to the other person. No. By this, I don't mean to be paranoid, but personal safety, always number one. Even if you're a paranormal investigator, always number one. And I even say that uh, I see a lot of people sometimes, even these urban explorers. I've been doing some urban exploring lately. you got to be really careful when you go into some of these places, either safety of the structure or safety of who you're going to run into when you go in there. And you'd be surprised sometimes who you find in these uh, some of these abandoned locations okay especially it's almost like the flip side like you're glad that you don't have a bunch of police trying to kick you out but the flip side of that is that if that location is known for not having cops either looking at or inspecting it or riding around guess what the people that want to don't want to deal with police usually that's the place they go to the word gets out so you gotta be real careful with that so anyway guys i hope you love the show i liked it and i like like i said um interviewing cindy i think her story of how she got involved in this is neat 
and uh, subscribe to my channel. Hit the like button if you're uh, viewing us on YouTube. Uh, please subscribe to me if you're uh, listening to the podcast on any of the platforms like Spreaker, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Podcast. We're all over the place. Uh, just subscribe to us so that you will get notified every time that we release a show. Uh, also, catch me on Facebook and on Twitter. That's where I live stream the most often. And uh, <clears throat> a lot of times also, I give you a heads up about what are the new shows or the new guests that I'm interviewing. Uh, so I'm hoping that you guys also like and follow me on Twitter, on Instagram, across the board. If you look behind me now, you will see all the places that we're at that you can find Miami Ghost Chronicle Stories of the Supernatural at. So guys, again, uh, oh, my true believers, don't forget, uh, send me your story. Uh, go to MiamiGhostChronicles.com. Look for the tab that says Submit a Story. Okay, submit a story. And you can either send it in writing, you can video yourself, and if not, uh, we'll get a hold of you. We'll just send me a, like a little um, description of what your story's about, and I will find a way of either interviewing, interviewing you on Skype or on the phone, whatever. We'll work it out. So again, guys, thank you so, so much for being part of my audience. Take care.